Hey, it's Garen here. Inflation keeps rising. There won't be a better time than right now to replace the roof following the storm damage. Let the Shamrock team treat you to a free inspection and will replace the damage with the best roof at the best price. One call does it all at shamrockroofer.com. The show that takes you home. The Homestretch with Sterling Holmes on ESPN Kansas City. 1510 AM, 94.5 FM, and the ESPN Kansas City Facebook page. Welcome to the home stretch, ESPN Kansas City Live in studio on this Thursday afternoon. What a beautiful Thursday it is. Almost through the winter, February 22nd, and it's in the 60s. You better believe I'm hitting the golf course up on Sunday. One club challenge coming your way. Take a guess what you think I'm doing, Kyle, with the with the one club. What club do you think I'm rocking? You have the look of a guy who really trusts his irons. Oh, boy. You could not have me pegged more wrong. <laughs> All right. The, the big stick, the driver. With the one club challenge? How am I going to... Come on, the hybrid. You got you got to use the utility, the, the good old nineteen degree okay. three hybrid. You can ship with it, you can putt with it. Um, yeah, dude. I wish I was confident with my irons. I used to be. I used to be, and now I, I am strictly confident with my putter and my driver. Which you're like, that's great, right? Yeah. Until you're like, oh, my gur is atrocious. But no one cares about my golf game. Kyle, how are you? I'm well, man. I'm ready to party. You ready to party, baby? Going to talk Chiefs, but mostly Royals today. Um, give ourselves a little reprieve before we take a deep dive in all off season. Talking about the do's, don'ts, once, will and will nots in regards to the combine draft and free agency. But I do think it's time to get excited about what is happening in Kaufman. Some jersey updates, as well as just in general off-season updates. We'll also be joined by David Lusky tomorrow, getting more in-depth with him. But man, am I excited about a 56-win team. Couldn't be more excited. Before we get there, I do want to, again, touch on the Chiefs news, which is the Chiefs are signing puncher Matt Ariza. Uh, The agent announces today. A quote from the agent Joe Linta says, We are grateful to Brett Veach, Coach Reed, and the Chiefs organization for giving Matt this opportunity. Uh, You might know the name Matt Areza for two reasons. One, he was known as the punt god. Right, He hit a 82-yard punt in a preseason game. Um, I don't remember if that was in college or preseason in the NFL uh, I assume that must have been NFL because I don't think colleges do pre- they don't call it preseason obviously. So 82 yard punt got that nickname, but you also might know the name. Um, in December, uh, Ariza was dismissed from a lawsuit that alleged a 17 year old girl was raped at an off campus party while Ariza was at San Diego State in October 2021 after an agreement was reached with the girl identified as Jane Doe. Um, there's a lot of back and forth in regards to this. I'm not going to pretend like I know everything. There are a lot of very in-depth, great articles that are out. But uh, if you want to read those and inform your own opinion, I, I think that's the best way of doing it. I don't want to sway anyone. But again, the lawsuit was dropped. Um, 
Doe, Jane Doe, dropped Ariza from the lawsuit filed in August of 2022, while Ariza agreed to dismiss a defamation suit against her uh, filed in July 2023. He was drafted by the Bills in the sixth round of the 2022 NFL Draft. Uh, then he was obviously released uh, a couple days following the allegation. But as we see now, uh, the lawsuit is dropped, and he has now been signed by the Kansas City Chiefs. And you might be asking yourself, why would the Chiefs bring in a punter? Don't they have Tommy Townsend? Well, Tommy Townsend is a free agent. Um, and Tommy Townsend most likely is going to garner... Kyle, I'd have to. I'd love to get your thoughts here, but I think he's probably going to be the highest-paid punter in the NFL. Uh, maybe not, because he did have a little bit of a down season, right? But Tommy Townsend has... One of the biggest legs in the NFL, um, while consistency was an issue when he came in to the league, he really improved there. This year, again, was a down year, but if teams look past this year to an extent and look what he did the previous season, I think he's going to garner a lot of money. I'm looking at a lot of cap hits in regards to punters. They're all... Fairly close, anywhere from about two and a half million to to almost four. A lot of three point nines. You know, Tress Way, AJ Cole, Brian Anger, Jack Fox, uh, Michael Dickinson. Uh, sorry, Dixon for uh, Seattle. You know, no one has a super large contract. The average AAV of the top five guys, the highest is Michael Dixon at 3.675. Logan Cook is fifth with three. So, again, you'd probably expect Tommy Townsend to get anywhere from three to 3.5-ish. I think that's fairly reasonable to say. But do the Chiefs want to spend that much money when they have other looming needs? Um, you could probably get Matt Ariza for around the $1 million mark, save about $2 million. We saw the Chiefs do that with Dustin Colquitt in the past, right? Dustin Colquitt here for a long time, but at some point, when you have a great team, you have a quarterback in Mahomes who, would, as much as we say it's a team-friendly deal, still not on a rookie contract. You want to sign everyone. You have to make sacrifices somewhere uh, sometimes. And again, the Chiefs have shown this in the past. Punter has been a position where they have shown the ability to go the cheaper route, which again, this would be Matt Ariza in this case. Um, Tommy Townsend really improved on his holding and his connection with, with James Winchester as well as Harrison Butker. Obviously, Dave Tobe gets a huge say, but I don't know how much of a say when it's going to be in regards to probably 3.5 million compared to one over a year let alone a multi-year contract so this remains to be seen for all we know this could just be competition for tommy but my gut is telling me right now we've probably seen tommy townsend play his last snap in kansas city just based on the amount of the amount of players the chiefs are going to want to try and sign obviously chris jones you know that's one, Legereus needs the other. But then you start getting into not just this season, but next year as well. Um, you know, the Creed Humphreys, the Trey Smiths, uh, as well as the Chiefs try and bring in a veteran left tackle or hit on it during the draft as a Donovan Smith or a Tyron Smith. Uh, you know, the, the former Cowboys left tackle. He's a free agent. Is it, are they going to try and bring in a veteran? Uh, if that's the case, you're going to have to try and find money to make this work. You know, Drew Tranquil, Willie Gay Jr., how do you try and keep one of those two guys? You know, the Mike Edwards of the world, those, those one-year, $2 million, one-year, $3 million contracts, do you have a better punter, or at least a punter that you've had around here a while, or do you try and bring in a depth piece elsewhere? Again, these are all the decisions that Brett Veach is going to have to make, but my gut, once again, is telling me that I think the Chiefs are going the cheaper route at punter. Yeah, I think you're 100% right. And 
also 100% right about Dave Tobe ultimately, uh, you know, having a, a big say in those decisions. I mean, that man just got extended mm-hmm. as well as Spagnuolo. And, and you said it. There are so many pieces, especially along the defensive line. I mean, they have one defensive tackle in the contract, Neil, Neil Farrell. Farrell. Yeah. That, is, that is the only one. And we all saw this offense this year. Brett Veach does have some serious work to do. And, yeah, Tommy Townsend, he's got the long hair, I, I realize. He, he's a fan favorite. Well, I always, I so always side my puncher Colquitt, based right? on long hair. Yeah. yeah I, that's, I, how, that's how I've, I've, I always. He's got some swagger, though. He's got a cannon for an arm. He could make some plays. <laughs> but, unfortunately, you are right. Decisions have to be made. And uh, Tommy Townsend could ultimately end up being a a, uh, a money dump. Uh, again, before we get to baseball, uh, one of my favorite things over, I think it was on Monday. No, maybe this was yesterday. Antonio Pierce said that, um, you know, how the, the Jordan rules, you know, with the Detroit Pistons kind of playing bully ball against Michael Jordan. Well, Antonio Pierce said they have the Mahomes rules, Right. They're going to bully him. They're going to touch him. They're going to make him feel their presence every single time. They want to be the bad boy Pistons in regards to playing the Chiefs. First and foremost, before we get farther into the story, I actually like what Antonio Pierce said. Right? This is what a rivalry is supposed to be. Okay? I get it. We as Chiefs fans are going to push back and say that's hilarious considering you always perpetually lose. Congrats. You got one game on a game where you had two touchdowns on defense and you won by six. Aiden O'Connell didn't complete a pass from the second quarter on. I get that. But I like a little bit of trash talk. If you know me, I'm a man who um, finds it entertaining. Okay? Again, I understand when people get upset or they're trying to clap back. Fun. That's your right. But that's what made the Reggie Miller uh, versus John Starks, the, the, the Knicks and Pacers, so much fun. It was a chirping. It's why, again, I have... Fun with Jamar Chase. Like, I, I find it somewhat enjoyable. Again, sometimes when you lose, you need to tip your cap, just like how Max Crosby always does. I think he does it the better way. But Jamar Chase, again, isn't it more fun when he talks smack? It gives us something to talk smack to him about as well. It, it It's what the NFL should be. If you don't like Buddy Buddy, then you should like Antonio Pierce trying to stir the pot. And let's be real now. When other teams stir the pot, it typically ends up good for Kansas City. It ends up good for Patrick Mahomes. Andy Reid allegedly uh, called up Antonio Pierce, texted him, I I should say, sorry, texted Pierce a thank you for helping the Chiefs refocus by beating the Chiefs on Christmas Day. He said, it's a beautiful facility, first of all, and I appreciate you kicking our tail because you taught us a lesson. You get complacent in this business, the margin between winning and losing is tiny. End quote. Love that. Again, this is what you want. And by the way, I think Antonio Pierce is the right guy for the job. How Raiders is it that he's the guy? How Raiders is it that he's the dude saying they want to be the bad boy Pistons? That's the most Oakland, L.A., Las Vegas, Raiders in general. That is what they are. I'm a fan from a non-Chiefs perspective. Take your bias out. This is what the NFL and what the Raiders should be. They're players. They rally around them. I had a chance when I was in Vegas. I talked to a lot of different Raiders players. I talked to Aiden O'Connell, Jacoby Myers, Max Crosby. You know, all the guys said one thing, and that was they all rallied around a guy in Antonio Pierce. They all said it's easier to easier to, to, to rally behind a guy who's played the game before, played it at a high level, as well as the motivation that Pierce brings just feels different. So, 
I'm happy for them. Hope they don't get any wins against Kansas City, obviously. But I do think they have the right guy in Vegas. 100%. You can see why guys like, especially a guy like Max Crosby, you can see why the players would rally around a guy like that. That that is a football guy, you know. The, just he fits the cliche as a former player, obviously. But uh, and I, I, Sterling, I don't know. I'm going to ask you this: Did you have a problem with the comments? It's not like Antonio Pierce wants Mahomes hurt, right? No, no. It's a and you mentioned the Raiders. You know, this is not really a rivalry. It's not Bounty Gate. We're not talking about. It, yeah, we're talking about being physical. That's yeah. the NFL. Yeah, make him feel your presence on every play, as he said. And frankly, you know, this is not a rivalry anymore. It hasn't been for quite some time now. And this, I think, yeah, you're absolutely right. This is good for the NFL. Yeah. Uh, Antonio Pierce also went on to say that the Raiders have given the NFL the recipe of how to be the Chiefs. Now, this I find hilarious because they've been the Chiefs, what, one time in the past? No, two times in the past, like, what, 10 meetings, something like that, 12 meetings? Um I get Antonio Pierce is one and zero against Kansas City, right? Am I am I not mistaken? Right, because the Raiders lost before um, he got there, right? So Antonio Pierce is one and zero against Kansas City, but I do find it funny because if that's the recipe, the recipe is then you have to get two defensive touchdowns to be the Chiefs. Which, sorry. Not great odds. I don't think you want to say that's the recipe. If that's the recipe, you are losing 97 times out of 100 guaranteed. If the recipe is not completing a pass with your quarterback from the second quarter on, sorry, that's a bad recipe. If you're cooking, you give me that recipe. I am not trying it. It's atrocious. All right, let's talk baseball. You want to talk baseball? I saw you smile there for a little bit. Why are you smiling? Oh, I'm just looking at the uh, Chiefs Raiders uh, history the last decade. It is hilarious. It's good, right? (laughs) Yes. It's very good. Look at the entire AFC West. Basically, since Andy Reid got there, it's incredible. Chiefs don't lose. Chiefs winning percentage, they dominate the AFC West. They dominate. And Antonio Pierce, you got a nice head start. You're 1-0. That's more than most. Only dude that has any ch- any ability to chirp is is Pierce. Although I can't wait to see the Chargers and Harbaugh as the uh, AFC West favorites yet again, huh? <laughs> there's no way. There's no way. Oh, there's a way. After after, well, yeah, somebody will say it just there's just to get the, that way. engagement. But back to back Super Bowls. D- don't be an idiot. If you say something like that, then I know. I should not be. I should not be taking that person. How many straight AFC West titles? Seven. You know. You know. It's hilarious when you start losing track. <laughs> That's a good point. That is a good point. Chiefs. I honestly, I honestly forget now. I, I am not gonna lie. I. I'm looking up right now because I, I forget. Chiefs AFC West streak. Eight. Sorry. Didn't mean to to short you guys. Eight straight. Second longest streak. Of all time, since 1970 at least. Uh, the Patriots, who had 11 straight AFC East championships from 2009 to 2019. So, I mean, again, we're, we're starting to get into the uh, unprecedented territory. And let's be real now, that eight straight doesn't seem like it's stopping anytime soon. Broncos are fine. Raiders are fine. 
Chargers are fine. None of those three teams strikes fear. At least to me. No, I agree with you. The Chargers, first of all, they they will be in a cap situation. It's a nightmare. Harbaugh has got some work to do. Even the Chiefs have some issues in regards to Chris Jones, Legereus, and and some of those free agents. Just look at what the Chargers have right now. I mean, it it is. um, To say it's not ideal is putting it mildly. All right, and the Raiders just don't have a quarterback. And the Broncos have a quarterback who's not good, who gets paid a lot of money. Who got benched. Who got benched. I I mean... Jared Stidham time, baby. Yeah, bring it. Bring yeah. it. All right. So the Royals announced first uniform with an ad on it. It's the Quick Trip logo. Um, it's a multi-year partnership with Quick Trip that will place a uniform ad patch on. It looks like, well, I don't know what sleeve because some of the pictures the guys have on the right and some have on the left. Yeah, which so, would lead somebody to believe it's on both, which it is. it's not. Yeah, because Brady Singer has on his right, Vinny has on his right, and I can't tell who's on the uh, right side here. He has on his left arm. So, not sure if the patch will be on the left or on the right, but according to what I have seen here, um, maybe they get a choice. I would assume it probably is whoever is the hitter. So, if you're a left-handed batter, it would be on maybe your right arm so the camera could see it. Maybe I'm overthinking this now, but I feel like that would be an astute observation, right, Kyle? If you are a left-handed hitter, it'd be on your right arm. So when the pitcher's throwing the pitch, yeah. you see it right there with the camera view. Maybe. If you're a right-handed batter, be on your left shoulder. Okay, I, I see what you're saying now. Yeah. Um, is that what they're going to do? I don't know, but that, that that's my uh, that's my wild goose yeah. chase of a guess right now. If you were... Uh, at- a member of Quick Trip, you know, negotiating that deal. That's a good idea right there. Um, yeah, you should probably, you know, let me hold five at least, Quick Trip. Give me some free taquitos or something. <laughs> um, baseball began allowing uniform ad patches in 2023 with 16 teams sporting a corporate logo that year. Um, Dodgers joined that list with a sponsorship with Guggenheim. Um, the way the sport's going. It's the way NBA is, too, man. Let's yeah. be real. NBA, that was an atrocity, and then all of a sudden, everyone got over it. I see a lot of outrage right now with the Royals patch right now. I get it. At least it's a local company. At least it's not a major conglomerate. Like, sorry, if it was Amazon, I'd be like, okay, this this sucks. Yeah. At least Quick Trip's a local place, or at least it feels local Midwest. I love Quick Trip. I'll, again, I love QT. Okay, so... I think it's a great sponsorship. I think the ad patch is fine. I don't think it looks great. The red is an interesting choice. Um, I get why, because it's literally the Quick Trip logo, right? Just the QT embossed with the red background. I don't know what your thoughts are on here, but I, I think there's a lot of outrage right now. I get it. But at the same time... Just like everything else that this has happened before with other sports, we get over it. Yeah, uh, I think it's definitely a shock. I remember uh, when the Golden State Warriors, when they, I believe they mm-hmm. were one of the first, if not the first uh, NBA team to, to get a uh, big old logo on their jersey. People have forgotten about it now. I've, I've forgotten about it. it. It just blends in now. Now with the Royals, I am in full support of this. It's fine. 
Okay, I am not against, you know, partnering with companies and putting sponsorships on your uniforms. I'm fine with that. It's a great cause, too. So I'm all for it. But I will say, I think the red on a white and blue jersey looks gross. Yeah. I that that's what I'm and gonna my number if if they have it, fine. That's fine. Just do not do not put it on the powder blues. Ooh. I will Ooh. I will riot. Ooh. That's my only request. Good call. If that's on the powder blues, I will be a sad, sad man. Yeah, just leave the powder blues alone, please. Uh, as you mentioned, Quick Trip and Kansas City Royals are teaming up to improve youth literacy in Major League Baseball's first and only jersey partnership built around investing in the community. So again, for a good cause to improve youth literacy. <clears throat> you know, does that mean the entire sponsorship money is going back? Don't know. Does it go back to the public? Doubtful. Does it help them retain players? Let's be real. You'd be surprised at some of the ad revenue. It's not quite as much as you see. Again, I don't know the actual details I'm looking, but um, it's not going to be the difference between keeping a guy or not. Yeah. yeah. But um, end of the day, I, I do think if the Royals keep spending money to keep free agents, it's not going to be as big of a deal. Like, for example, uh, did you just kill a bug back there? Kyle is just out there just hitting his fist viciously on the board back there. I got was, a little scared. Little spider was just crawling. Right, little right spider or big spider? Level. It was tiny. It was tiny. But uh, uh, no, it got too close. I'm going to swing. What kind of spider? I have no idea. It was mm. small, but I saw... Was it like a legs. Dayton spider? I don't know what that is. <laughs> the Dayton spider? No, Richmond spiders. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> Dayton flyers. The flying spider, sorry. That'd, now, that'd if, be, that thing that'd flew, if that thing flew, you would have had to find a new producer. Yeah, that'd, that'd be terrifying. Well, good for you. You're just back there in the spider web. So congratulations. That's a spider's layer. You didn't know that. Uh, you might turn into Spider-Man. Could be. Might be having to take you to the hospital. We don't know yet. Could be. Either or. You're either going to be Spider-Man, you're fine, or the hospital. Yeah. Well, there's three chances, so that means it's 33, 33, 33, 33. So congratulations. Uh, and for the sake of... of we got to give roulette some love. The one percent. We'll we'll find out what that is later on. Um, but I do think if the Royals continuously re-sign players, bring in free agents, don't be stingy like they have been in the past. I think the ad patch will be way more palatable than um, people expect. Because end of the day, you can guarantee. There will be someone who, if the Royals don't bring back a guy or don't sign a guy over a couple million dollars, they say, well, then why do you have the ad patch? You know there's going to be those people. But with them signing Bobby Wood Jr., bringing in Hunter Renfro, signing Seth Lugo, Michael Waka, bringing in free agents, Will Smith and the, and the like, right? You, you can't make that case. So as long as they keep spending, I'm fine with whatever you put on that jersey. Maybe that's why they made the, the deal. Yeah, man. That, that's going to that's gonna make up for the $288 million that Bobby Witt Jr. Yeah, is right. bringing in. Yeah, No Bobby Witt with that quick trip. Yeah, we'll see. And again, at least it's quick trip. All right. Eric Hosmer officially announced his retirement. You were getting into it, some folks, on the X there, Kyle. 
Why were you fighting people on Twitter in regards to Hosmer's retirement? Listen, I, I saw a tweet that, uh, let's think about Eric Hosmer and his baseball career. Post-Royals, bad. Royals, good. That was the only point I was trying to make. Um, I think a, a lot of fans from the West Coast are very anti-Eric Hosmer because, well, he was a negative wins-above-replacement player. Uh, you know, for the most part of his uh, later seasons in his career. Um, and all I wanted to reiterate was that he did have a good career. He won a World Series. He has a jersey in Cooperstown from that slide. He sure. went to an all-star game. He won a silver slugger. He's got four gold gloves. He's he's accomplished a good amount, and he's made, you know, damn near $150 million. No, I think what it came down to is he's going to be viewed fairly highly in Kansas City. Absolutely. A charismatic guy who came up big in big moments and helped win a World Series for the first time since 1985. Like, that's a big deal. But when you look back, you make this case with a lot of guys, and do you call it a disappointment, or do you just say that's the nature of the beast? He was... The most hyped rookie since Bo Jackson. Most hyped rookie since, um, if you want to say Alex Gordon, obviously, but Gordon kind of the same way. Gordon, I think, at least played a little longer, stayed the entire time in Kansas City. Uh, he retooled his game. Hosmer was supposed to be the savior. Yeah. Like, he was supposed to be what Mike Trout is, what Bryce Harper is. Um, you know, he was supposed to be the elite of the elite. And he wasn't. He was good. But he was not this guy where you he's not a hall of famer correct now royals hall of fame we'll talk about that we'll talk about that but but, but that's that's what it comes down to and why i think a lot of people have this viewpoint of he was supposed to be and again maybe that's too much pressure on a young guy like i get that stuff but then when he left kansas city it went straight downhill that's when his contract came into play as well. So when all of that happened, I understand why 29 other fan bases are sitting here going, that guy's not great. We're going to have fonder memories of, of him in Kansas City than literally anywhere else. When you signed an eight-year, $144 million contract and you were uh, a negative war player, that first base of all positions, who as you somehow got older in your career, you, you got worse defensively, you're going to have some detractors now i find this hilarious just in general do you know what he's naming his new media company uh moonball yeah moonball for a guy who loved hitting ground balls to second base <laughs> i i got to admit that is funny because that is was his issue every year no matter which team he played for. Yeah. I, I just find that hilarious. Of all the names to call your media company, like if Albert Bell called it that, I'd be like, oh, yeah, sure, I get that. Understandable. Hell, if Moustakis called it that, I'd say, yeah, he, he, he hit a lot of bombs. I get that. A dude that hit 198 home runs in his career as a first baseman. Eh. I don't know, man. Uh, he ended up his major league career with an 18.6 win above replacement, 276 batting average, 
on base, 335, slugging 727, OPS 762. As you mentioned, one-time All-Star, Silver Slugger, four-time Gold Glove, um, World Series, obviously, as well as a All-Star MVP. Uh, that was when he hit that home run in, in San Diego, right? That's right, Oppo. Oppo to left center. Man, good career. Appreciate everything he did, but I kind of want to look up who they compare him to. I'm not trying to throw you under the uh, under the bus here. Career-wise, they com- compared him to a another retired major leaguer, or yeah, you know how you can find it on um, Baseball Reference. That's what I'm on right now. Yeah, I'm trying to find out. I'm, sh- I'm. Sh- oh, here we go. Similarity scores. He's close. <laughs> oh no. Jose Guillen's on the list. Hey, we'll take that. J.T. Snow. I used to love J.T. Snow. Wow, very similar numbers to J.T. Snow. Aubrey Huff, Eric Caros. Uh, well. Pretty similar numbers to Caro's too. Uh, I guess that's why he's on the similarity score here. But but yeah, man. I I mean he had a a good career. His best years in Kansas City. I will always remember him fondly. He should never buy a drink ever again in Kansas City for his postseason heroics. But I understand. I must go ahead and say this. I understand why twenty nine other fan bases will have an absurd amount of jokes. Yeah. Because from twenty sixteen on, last eight years. I guess seven years because he didn't play in 2024. Seven years. You get paid $144 million to be a negative war guy. He can handle the heat because he has $144 million to cry himself into. Okay? He'll be okay. Right. But here in Kansas City, dude is still loved. Take a break. Come back. More Royals talk. Up next, home stretch. ESPN Kansas City. Gosh, I love this song. I love the Chili Peppers, man. You can tell which uh, Jeep's mine because I have the Chili Peppers uh, front license plate. Going to see him in uh, the summer. See him in July. Sometime in July. Going to see him in Indy. Indy? Yeah. I, you know, I had an opportunity to see them in uh, Colorado. Uh, a couple years ago, during July, uh, would have been a, a birthday present. Why didn't of you? Some sorts. I, I went to uh, Hawaii, which mm, was a very stuff. Nice. You said it was or was not nice. It was very. Nice. You said very nice, but you were shaking your head no, and that's why I was like, did I miss no, a word I was there? Shaking my head like, man, this, that's unbelievable. Yeah. how nice it was. That, yeah. yeah, that was the head. Yeah, back. but Chili Peppers concerts are fun, man. Been to three. It's gonna be my fourth. This was my Christmas present for my fiance. I was, nice. She she knows me well, mm-hmm. so. Um, you want to do a little uh, round the horn of who we think makes the opening day roster? Oh, I'm all in. You want to do this with me? You want to have some fun with it? All right. Catcher. 
Let's start the easy one here. This is our February 22nd. I don't know why I said 22. Uh, that does, sorry. I feel like I need to start over. February 22nd roster prediction for the Royals. Uh, start with the catcher. Easy. Salvi. Freddie Fermin. Yeah, 1-2 with a bullet. You cool with it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, do you think there's any catcher that has a chance? Like... We uh, the Royals, Logan Porter. Yeah, we saw some Logan Porter. They, we saw some Tyler Cropley last year. They signed Sandy Leone to a minor league deal. He was a yeah, Red him. Sox uh, catcher for a little bit. If we see him, the Royals are in trouble. Yeah, that'd be bad news, Bears. Uh, Freddie Fermin was electric last year. Let's be real now. He uh, um, his OPS was what was that seven ninety three. Right? 793 OPS for a catcher with good defense. Now, I don't know if that's sustainable by any means. I mean, he can't. He kind of came back down to earth a little bit as the season went on. Salvador Perez, you're hoping that the injury to him was why all of a sudden he was brutal when he came back. He rushed back from an injury that was silly. Um, I get that he wants to come back, but the team has to be, in my opinion, the team has to be smart, uh, smarter and say, hey, dude, we get you want to play. We understand this. This team is winning 56 games. You're too valuable. Why the heck are you coming back in, what was it, three days on an injury that should take three weeks? No idea. Yeah. Befuddling, confusing, infuriating. But I'm hoping that was why his offensive um, decline happened and not because of an age thing. Not because of he hit a wall. Yeah. I don't think so. A talent wall. Yeah, yeah. I, I would be shocked, right? He still hit 23 home runs overall, but he has to be a guy who's not hitting 255. That needs to be 275 because he's a guy who does not take a walk. An OPS of 292 from your third, fourth best hitter. Yeah. It's a struggle, right? So we need to see again 30 home runs, 275, not 255 with 23. Okay. Um, I think he bounced back. I'm not going to um, be that worried about Salvi unless what we saw from the second half of last year goes into mm, late April, yeah, May. So that's where I'm at. And frankly, you know, I'll, I'll throw out something, a wild card here. I mean, just the improvements to this team overall. A guy like Sal can just feel refreshed, rejuvenated. Yes, that his team is, you know doing something mm. right and they have the they possibly have the ability to do to do something in the division uh, a, a player like sal can just enhance take his game to the next level uh given given that situation yeah um as far as the infielders go then first base it's vinnie pascantino it's it's vinnie um nick prado i don't sorry i don't even know what's going on with prado at this point he was um, just not good, man. Just was no, not good. He was striking out darn near 40% of the time. Yeah, is, he was do that. 232, OPS 660, seven home runs. Um, you can play left and right field, but not great. He's a great defensive first baseman, no, no denying that, but that is just not going to fly. You love to see the on-base percentage for a guy who was hitting that poorly. He's got a great eye, 
but he has to work very hard on that. Um, how old is Nick Prado, by the way? I think he's, what, 25? He's 25, so it's not like he's that old, but he's no longer a young guy anymore. When you're 25, you know, it's time to put up. Right. It's time, time to produce. Yeah, it's go time. Um, yet to happen, it's going to be Vinny. Vinny's healthy. Um, I expect Vinny to bounce back. Now, I'm not trying to say about every single guy. I know I've already said about two dudes. Guys bounce back. Like, again, I said Freddie for me, and I don't think he does what he did last year. I don't, I, that, that's going to be hard to duplicate. But I think Salvi and Vinny, they replicate what they have already done just a year ago. Yeah. Right? Vinny, I think the injury completely sapped everything he had. Nick Parada is going to be an interesting name to watch in um, spring training. Um, and, and, and at first base, Sterling, you, now you've got – Several guys who can do that. Sal can do it uh, decently well. Nick Lofton has been, uh, as mm-hmm. I learned from uh, Jack Johnson the other day, Nick Lofton has been learning some first base. Uh, Adam Frazier can do a little first base. Garrett Hansen yeah. could do some first. So, frankly, uh, for for Prado at first, yeah, it's you got to start hitting, man. Yeah. You're a first baseman. Start hitting. Did Hunter Renfro ever play a little bit of first? I don't actually know. That's a good question. He uh, looks like one, but he does have a cannon. So Yeah, he's not a good fielder. Um, I don't know if he's played any first base at all, actually. I'm going to look this up very quickly because for some reason I thought he did, but it looks like he has pretty much traditionally just played uh, right field. So... Um, yeah, he's played six games at first base. Eight games at first base in his career. So I wouldn't say he's a first baseman. <laughs> Compared to uh, 688 and right. Well, I heard it's not that hard. Uh, you heard that? Yeah, maybe, maybe in high school when you get to the pros and they're trying to throw you one hops. No, the correct response was, it's incredibly hard. Yeah. Uh, all right. So Vinny's your first baseman. We've we've come to that conclusion. Yes, yes, we have. Let's go to second base. Second base is interesting. You got Michael Massey and Adam Frazier. I think we're gonna just go go ahead and say Garrett Hampson is kind of your uh, super utility at this point, right? He he's your super. Yeah. Okay. So Michael Massey, Adam Frazier, interesting. Both are left-handed. Both have a similar skill set, right? Adam Frazier had a down year defensively last year, but he's been known as a pretty good defensive second baseman. Michael Massey is a good, again, I'm not saying great. I'm saying a good, solid defensive second baseman. Guys who, at least according to last year, lacked a little bit in the average department. Now, Adam Frazier was really good a couple years ago when he was an all-star. But, again, a decent amount of pop for a second baseman. Adam Frazier... Uh, and both Michael Massey to an extent, but especially Frazier is a guy who can at least take a walk. Adam Frazier's more than known. Michael Massey has the upside. Adam Frazier's a depth piece. I think it's about 50-50 going into who's the starter on opening day. Like, I think it's probably Massey's to lose. But I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, Massey was horrendous last year, at least for the majority of the season. Now, he turned it on a little bit. Yeah, here and there, he had some stretches where he got hot, for sure. But, I mean, if you're saying, yeah, Massey's the guy, I would push back. There's a reason why they brought in Adam Frazier. There's a reason. Again, they obviously were comfortable enough to say, I don't care that he's left-handed. You, you might have thought a platoon might have been uh, making the most sense there, but there's a reason why they brought in another lefty second baseman. Um, and Garrett Hampson, too. 
He's a, he's a right-handed hitter. Yeah. He plays everywhere, outfield, infield. So, you, you know, the Adam Frazier signing was, was one that befuddled me, certainly, and I think a couple people on Royals Twitter. Still possibly he's traded yeah. for a reliever, but at this point, less and less likely as the as the uh, Royals bullpen is starting to get shored up, right? They made that move oh, yeah. for, for mm-hmm. Schneider with a uh, minor league pitcher going in return to the Red Sox. I mean, you're starting to look more and less, more or less now that okay, Adam Frazier's going to be here. Yeah. Um. You know, you're hoping he bounces back to what he did the year, the years prior. 2021, he was great. 305, OPS 779. He was an All Star. Um, down year the year before that in 2020, but 19, 18, 17, then 16. Uh, 16 was an abbreviated season, but but still solid, right? I mean. You're hoping that last year was not the decline and just a bad season. That's the Royals are be- are betting on. End of the day, for the contract, for what he provides, I'm fine with it. Yeah, and so. I think he can still perform admirably. He's not going to be an everyday guy. I don't think he's your eight, he, he, he's your seven, eight, nine guy. Yeah, exactly. like like he's not. He, you're not expecting to bat fifth, fourth, yeah, third. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he's. Yeah. He, he, he's your bottom-of-the-lineup guy, which is, quite frankly, where Ma- Michael Massey is, too. So yeah. uh, All it is is puts pressure on a guy, which, quite frankly, I am all for. It ain't my money. There's no salary cap in baseball. There's a luxury tax. There's no salary yeah, cap. Yeah, so yeah. what can you do? Bring in talent. Bring it in. And if the young guys outperform them, who cares? Ain't my money. So we're good. Bobby Witt Jr., shortstop. Surprising, huh? Quick trip. <laughs> Bobby Wood Jr. shortstop. Yeah, surprisingly, he's going to be there. Uh, dude's a stud. I can't wait to see him. Um, it's fun having a guy who, even compared to Hosmer or Moustakis or Kane, they have the playoffs, right, that we remember fondly. But as far as at least a one-year, like, oh, bleep, this guy's, this guy's, he's him. He's a top-five player. He might be a top-five player. Yeah. We saw it with Bobby Wood Jr., right? Even when Mustakis had all those home runs, no one's going to say, yeah, he might be a top-five guy. Right. No, we thought he's a right. really good player, good piece. Bobby Witt Jr. has top-five potential, and he has shown that. Yeah. I'm stoked, dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry, uh, but this this is finally one of the, again, small sample size, finally one of those ultra-uber-talented prospects that looks like it finally hit the ultra uber talented metric. Yeah. Not just good, not just great. Gordon was good to great. He was never going to be a top five, top ten guy. Although a lot of folks wanted him and thought they he might have that. He never showed that. Bobby Wood Jr. already showed that 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 upside. That's what I love to see. And then Mike Garcia, I believe right now would probably slot in as your third baseman. That's right. I like Garcia. He was incredible in the uh, Winter League, right? I mean, it was absurd. His OPS was over 1,000. It was nuts. He was getting on base at over a 500 clip. It, it was crazy. I want to see it happen in the majors. He's fast. He's untraditional for a third baseman. Yeah. He, he fits more as your second baseman type. He's a shortstop type as far as almost like a glove first, contact first, line drive hitter. If he works on his launch angle, launch angle, I apologize, a lot of the metrics, well... They show he he might be a guy who can who can get to forty doubles, who might be uh, on the cusp of a twenty home run guy. Now that will play at third base again, a little more untraditionally, but I think Garcia is a guy who you look down at. If the Royals are winning seventy five to eighty games this year, it's because Michael Garcia hit eighteen home runs, 
30 stolen bases. If you look at the Royals and they, they have 70 wins, 68 wins, Michael Garcia had eight home runs, yeah, stolen bases yeah, are still there, yeah. but that's because they're not getting the production at third base. So, Garcia to me is a big swing player for the for the Royals this season. Yeah. You in the yeah. same boat here? That's going to be your leadoff hitter, too. Most likely, unless they try and do something. Yeah, I mean, if this were me, just very quickly, I'm going, I'm going Michael Garcia, one, Bobby Witt Jr., two, Vinny, three, Salvi, four? Yeah, I mean, who else? MJ Melendez, if you believe his second half was great, then maybe you, you put him at the top because mm-hmm. he can take a walk, right? There's ways to go about it. Hunter Renfro is going to be probably about fifth or sixth in there as well. He's a power hitter. Um, then you have the Kyle Isabels, the Nelson Velasquez. What do you believe that Nelson Velasquez actually is? Is the home run rate? He hit 17 home runs and 179 at bats, and they were not cheap either. No, th- th- those were those were bombs. Bombs. Yeah, uh, let's take a break. Come back. I know we got to take a break. We'll talk about the outfield after this. <laughs> Welcome back to the home stretch. ESPN Kansas City Ride Outfield Time. We only have a few minutes left, but guess what? We're talking more Royals tomorrow with y'all. So buckle up, strap in, and gonna have some fun with David Lesky. Uh, all right, outfielders. MJ Melendez, I think, gets a shot right now. Okay. I think he's probably your starting left fielder. I don't know how I feel about it. I think you're you're hoping that his second half was legit, but he's also the guy, him and Michael Garcia. The biggest swing players for the Royals this year, right? Yeah, that's I, accurate. I, I, I we'll see. You know, could he be traded still? I think it's a possibility, but you're probably not getting a lot for him at this point. Uh, Kyle Isabel, Drew Waters, pick your center fielder. Pick your center fielder. I like Drew Waters. Um, some folks love Kyle Isabel. Uh, great defender, no doubt. I think Drew Waters is a pretty solid defender, although not quite as good. But I like the pop and still the potential of Drew Waters. I think Kyle Isabel, to me. I might be wrong. I've been wrong before. I'll be wrong again. I think Kyle Isabel is who he is. He's an OPS guy of maybe maybe he gets to 650, and you're like, okay, we can live with that. 660, we can live with that. 670, we can live with that. I don't see him being a guy who's the 720 league average. Uh, fine. But I think Drew Waters is the guy I'm going with who also plays good defense. Uh, Hunter Renfro, he's going to be a right fielder. Great arm. Not a great fielder. Jose Guillen-esque as far as um, style, right? Not, like, nothing else like Jose Guillen. I don't think yeah. he's going to light up the locker room. He's not going to have a big old thing of tobacco in his lip. Either. But he might. I don't know if he does or not, that's, but that's I know he's point. not going to light into the players. He's not going to be a locker room dude, or a bad locker room dude. I like Hunter Renfro in a nutshell. He was great a few years ago. Last year it was a step back, but you're buying low on him. I like it. At worst, he is going to get you 20 to 25 home runs. At best... You're looking 30-plus, and you have a big bat in your lineup. I like Hunter Renfro. Dustin Velasquez, again, he's probably going to be your DH to start the season, filling in with whenever Salvi's DH or not DH, I should say. Dustin Velasquez, corner outfielder. The interesting name, Darion Blanco. Darion Blanco, 24 stolen bases and 138 plate appearances. Phenomenal year last year. What is he? What is Darion Blanco? Is he an X-Factor, or is he just a dude? Oh, I thought you were going to... Oh, you were asking me? You look like you are about I to say something. I thought that was something. the teaser for, next, for tomorrow's show. Uh, you know show. what? We'll talk to Lesky about that. <laughs> Talking to Lesky tomorrow. More Royals. Home stretch. ESPN. Kansas City.